Welcome to another great episode of Sports Matters. I am your host, Kevin Drake, and sitting across from me, your other host, Mr. Matt Burke. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Kevin. How's it going? It's going great. We had a great weekend of NCAA basketball. An excellent NCAA basketball tournament. Everyone was like, oh, it's just the favorites. Oh, what about the Final Four? How many of those teams are the favorites, you know? Texas Tech. Yeah, just imagine the only number one seed surviving right now is the team that got upset last year by a 16 seed when they were the number one seed. Virginia, they're the only one seed that's in the Final Four. So our guest today is Chris Collins from the Chris Collins Show. I know you hit a little bit of traffic getting it. (laughs) He is the vocal spotlight for millennials to allow them to express their point of view. Chris is just fresh in the building. Good morning. Sorry you had to hit all that traffic. No, that was great. I mean, I felt like I got boxed out by the, you know, the Texas Tech defense, you know, <laughs> yeah. but hey, you know, yeah. we made it and it's great. I'm excited to be here. You know, UCI, this is great. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. You know, it's it's more quaint, more cozy than yeah, your studios in Long it. Beach. You know, it's like, you know, it kind of reminds me of back home because I'm in Claremont, so this kind of reminds me of like Rhino Records down here, you know, <laughs> you see all the, you know, the LPs, you know, I'm ready to jam out to some hits, but you know what sports matters, you know. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. I like our lobby, too, because we have live performances right out in our lobby. we got all the vinyl yeah. as our soundproofing. You guys got some hidden gems? Or? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, there's there many. are. There are, actually. No doubt got their start here. I mean, there's a lot of big names, wow. big bands that got their start here. Quite a few. I think uh, the Blue Oyster Cult have been in here. Is that correct, Tom? Yeah, that, that was in the training hey, manual. Hey, I'm all for it. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, so been, yeah, I remember that being in the training manual. But yeah. Anyway, Matt, this okay. is Chris Collins. Chris, Matt Burt, sports. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. This is great. Oh, yeah. We do this every Tuesday morning. You know, we had uh, UC Irvine was in the NCAA tournament for the first time. They won. Wow. They won their first game ever. So that was pretty cool. The greatest basketball season of school history here. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, how far do they go? They just made it to the second round, lost to Oregon. It was just a, a tough feat. Yeah, yeah, know, to, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, that's got to be huge, though. I mean, you're putting SoCal on the map. I mean, that's got to be. They were the only thing. team representing SoCal yeah. this wow. year in the big dance. They were the best team in college basketball in California. <laughs> wow, I would have had no idea. I mean, what, what's going on? USC, UCLA, what's yeah, going on? Not good, not good. <laughs> but getting to you, your show airs every Friday morning from 10 to 11. It's 88.1 FM. Yep, HD3. And, I mean, HD3. it's great. We're over out there in uh, Long Beach, so that's a lot of fun and basically the whole premise of the Chris Collins show is really just putting a vocal spotlight on us millennials because a lot of the times I feel like there's a lot of talking heads trying to speak for us as if we're like a piece of recycled news so I'm like (laughs) trying to break the mold you know so I bring on young cats you know Kevin you've been on the show one time before that was so much fun we had uh, Joshua Munns that came on Saints got robbed video (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a video that went totally viral and uh, Joshua he actually wasn't even a real big Saints fan to begin with that's what made it so much fun and you know he got everybody from Howard Stern calling him out calling him you know a bunch of sore losers and <laughs> I just love it so just bringing on young cats like you know him and you and just kind of you know getting our, our voices heard I think is the big thing because I think a lot of us want to be on radio you know but we got too many you know like what is it Ryan Seacrest now you know he's getting older how much does he know about dating anymore <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. nothing so <laughs> it seems like though the, the millennials have taken to the workforce now 
now. That I mean, the numbers are sh- are saying so. There, yeah. There's a lot more millennials making up the workforce than just five years ago. Oh yeah, I would so. think so, and uh, I think there's plenty of room for us. I mean, people like uh, sports matters. You know, there's plenty of room for us. I mean, you got you know you're hearing with Kevin and Bean. You know, Bean's walking out. You know, Howard Stern's about to write a book. Sounds like he's about to walk out. Um, there's word. You know, Ryan Seacrest. So I see why not. You know, people yeah. want to listen to FM. It's just that they're not catering towards us. You know, it's a lot of the recycled junk and i think what you guys are doing is so special here at uci ah oh, thank you yeah appreciate that and then you got generation z knocking on the door because you think about the 2001 millennial babies or, so or the true. generation z babies they're already 18 now hey guess what they're going to be doing live podcasts on youtube that's where the future is is like all these generation z kids are on youtube learning things that's how i learned to tie a tie i went <laughs> on to youtube and i did and that's where everyone else is going to learn stuff so i'm pretty excited i mean i i feel like they're stuck on tiktok (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's their thing we had snapchat you know we learned how to computer code way before we even had to learn myspace MySpace. you got it i know i know i I never had a myspace account no top eight facebook just came right out (laughs) i was like ah you know i might as well join the crowd glad i did yeah it is a great way nice tool about facebook it's a great way to keep in touch with people that i'm from cincinnati ohio i keep in touch with my family people around the world it's an easy way with messenger yeah yeah i mean it's a never-ending uh yearbook <laughs> it's real. constantly updating you got the photo albums that just never stop generating and uh but i think what the beauty of instagram now i feel like is our thing you know because now we don't have to listen to any of the bs it's kind of just like you just see the picture you move on and go that's a great life but you know what a lot of the times though a lot of people like to compare each other to photos and stuff like that so i don't know there's a balance of vice versa i guess that's happening but you know what i think what we have is great and i know the baby boomers would have loved to have what we have so <laughs> yeah for that's for sure so how did you get started into radio yeah this was kind of crazy so basically i've always wanted to get into radio like um i was always in a uh, asb which is a student body over at my uh, claremont high school so i i did the whole student body i ran for asb president uh, I got elected by my peers. So just doing that alone was really cool. And we used to, we were called the Wolf Pack. So I would have a show called, like we would have, instead of doing over the intercoms, doing the whole Pledge of Allegiance and stuff like that, we had a Wolf Cast, which was actually like a live televised thing that was during the fifth period, which was so much fun. So I would invite guests to come on the show. So I'd hype up the sports teams, hype up the clubs and et cetera. So then when I went to Cal State Los Angeles, which is my current school, I was there and uh, I really wanted to kind of pursue this kind of ongoing talk show host or being on the air because I've always wanted to do radio. I hate to bring down my own school, but it was a little disappointing. You know what I'm saying? It looked like something that's like shoved in the corner of the Whiskey A Go-Go and they got hanging <laughs> LPs. They don't actually got yeah. CDs, <laughs> you know, here at UCI. But I was in graduate school during my very first semester. I ended up meeting who is now my producer, Paul Graham. And we were in his uh, producing for theater class. And basically I was telling him straight up, I was like, I want to get on the stage. Like I want to do something that's revolutionary. I want to do something that's big and impactful and I don't know how to begin this and you know long story short he was sold and he wanted to do something and so I ended up convincing my audio production uh, professor Jeff Foost who's out there who's a big supporter of the whole Chris Collins show we ended up convincing him to switch his final to be a, do a demo spec show for the Chris Collins show and funny enough you know Kevin you know my sidekick Marissa Pitts yes. she was actually my first interviewee ever really? and she was nine months pregnant with lilac in the womb 
And we didn't tell her that we were bringing cameras. We were filming the whole thing because we wanted to see how, you know, how my persona is on screen and how we deliver. I was a nervous wreck. I broke every rule that Larry King says about doing interviews. You're looking down at your paper. You're so nervous. You're nerve wracking. And but I mean, just that alone uh, molded me to kind of become what this is all about. And now we got about 24 episodes in and it's great. I mean, we've gotten everybody from Kevin Drake that came into the studio. We did last week. We had Lily Joy from the the Voice. She's one of the contestants on Team Blake. We've had the co-directors from American Relapse, which was cool. They did a 10-part series for Vicelands called Dope Sick Nation, which follows the heroin epidemic in South Florida to comedians. So, I mean, it's just so much fun, and, like, people are just gravitating towards it. And if I were to encourage any listener out there that wants to do the same thing that I'm doing and what you two guys are doing, I would just say just go out and do it. You know, um, reality is with the kind of entertainment business that we're in, you know, business cards are not enough. you got to get that website. That is your digital business card. So if you want to thrive and make things happen, I mean, just do it. Walk the walk instead of talking it. Absolutely. I mean, you can, well said. <laughs> well said. So out of all the guests that you've had, yeah. besides Kevin, yeah. besides Kevin. And Matt, wait a minute. Now, Matt would have been there. Yeah, I mean, job, I know. A, he was supposed to be there but because Next of his time. job. Yeah. Next all right. Time. I'm holding you up against it. Do it, please. So besides Kevin. Who is the guest that sticks out to you the most? That sticks out the most? Oh, man. I mean, what was kind of cool was uh, bringing on Chris Daly from Authority Zero. He's always been a good friend of mine. Uh, he's the drummer for Authority Zero. Um, I'm the biggest fangirl of him. <laughs> he knows it. And uh, one of the coolest things even before he even came onto my radio show was, because I'm a videographer, and that's when I'm there for graduate school doing television, film, and theater. And just before I graduated with uh, my undergrad, I basically was able to convince Dally, when when he's not with Authority Zero, he's over at Piano Piano. It's a, a dueling house for playing pianos over there in Claremont. And I, and when he's doing that as a side gig, he was getting ready for their next album, which was called Broadcasting to the Nation. And I was just so stoked to be able to have a one-on-one meeting with him because my buddy Zach Greer, shout out to you, man. Uh, he set me up with the meeting. And so I met him at like 2 a.m. at night and I was able to convince them. that I was like, yo, you guys are musicians and people love you, but you got to put a voice to that face, you know? And if you guys are not producing, you know, music videos are cool, but that's not enough. People want to get behind the scenes. So I was able to convince them to do a documentary film of their album premiere broadcasting to the nation. So ever since I did that, I was able to meet those gentlemen gentlemen and i mean it was so cool so cool having them on that's just cool to be able to do a documentary that's the end of it i need to learn how to do (laughs) videography and yeah i mean it was cool we all we shot it here at uh, fullerton uh, over at the the slide bar, the slide That's bar, what it yep, was. Yep, yeah, yeah, the yeah. slide bar. It's it's quite iconic, small place, gets rowdy, but it was fun. It was a great time, and then from there, I mean, he came on, and it was cool, very very cool to talk to him on a personal fun level. But then I'd say the next one was the Blair Witch Project. You know, having Kevin Fox on that was really really cool. Basically, because I didn't realize they had so much a military intelligence, you know, kind of on there. Basically, a lot of these. The most interesting thing that I found out about that movie was there was no script. Absolutely just none. No script, just an outline. And it was a marketing genius, too, because yeah. at that time, it's just that time right when you know the internet was, was big. And I actually, I, I went to the premiere. I, there was only like yeah. three outings. It was like New York, L.A., and there was one place in Costa Mesa that aired it, that showed the film. So we're under the impression, like, we don't know if it's real yet. Yeah, like, right. We, we didn't know. It was just, it was just, it was such a great marketing thing that I went into the movie believing, and then after 
after watching the movie, you realize it, it was awesome. It was a great way to watch it. But then a day after, you realize, okay, that was just a marketing thing. But it, what a genius. Oh, it's so true. And I mean, just the uh, the PR stunts alone that they would pull. I mean, it was some, one of the funniest things that Kevin even said on the show was uh, basically people wouldn't believe that these actors and actresses were still alive. Like they were literally at after parties and they would just be all dressed up makeup on them and stuff like that and it's like no that's literally the actress that's in the film standing right next to you and they just wouldn't believe it because they would pull these pr stunts a lot of the time the studio companies wanted them to not show their face out in the public they, they just wanted to keep enticing the whole uh feeling of this person is missing so that which which would lead to being something so great and i think they utilize the internet so well i mean i always think of you know going back to sports you know space jams and uh, Blair Witch Project, they <laughs> nailed it. And I don't know yeah. if you guys remember the whole internet. I mean, but basically, the whole, everybody remembers the internet. But I'm talking about like, this day, every millennial knows the internet, right? But you know, they had the little planets, you know, all over in uh, on Space Jam. And then when it came to the Blair Witch, it was always the um, they had all these after videos because they had over 19 hours worth of content. And I think they were so smart about it was they weren't just going to get rid of anything. They weren't just going to give it away. So what they did was they posted on the internet, you know. Know, making people like Kevin. Shorts, yeah, making <laughs> me know? believe. Yeah, <laughs> like, is this real? Is it not? Like, you're you, you're questioning it. Yeah, and it, it's it, it's sort of a trip. And I mean, my biggest thing was I had no idea that they had a guy that had military background that was on set. So a lot of times they would put GPS trackers on these three actors. So they would get these capsules and they would have little notes in them. And so they would go like, "Hey." You, you're going to do this today, act the best of your ability, and then, you know, here you go, here's your little pamphlet. So they would read it out, and then they would actually have their own cameras with them, you know, the, the ghetto a soccer mom kind of, you know, camcorders, and they would be filming themselves, and they would be filming the outside, and then they would have them from like 300 yards out, camera people, like with these crazy lenses, capturing every little detail, and I think that's what made that movie so unique, to, to the point, you know, people like Cloverfield, and gosh, all those kind of running gun kind of movies have become so big yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy yeah. just imagine <laughs> yeah. the marketing budget that they you're right we're gonna be in control of you for the next year okay yeah. you do what we do or what we say that's it you know, we're going to put a GPS tracker in you, and, and that it's going to work out. It's I work mean, out. The, the, how do you convince someone well, to do that? You it know? was so funny because Kevin Fox was basically like, they basically went bonkers after a while. And, like, they ended up finding this old lady's house. They ended up taking a shower. They couldn't find them for, like, three days during the set because they just lost it. They were like, this is no fun anymore. But I bet they, now when they look back 20 years later, which is so crazy, they're probably so shocked. But that's what probably made the movie so great because it was so organic that yeah. the fact that you are losing your mind and, it, and you're really selling the idea that it's, this is really happening this is have you ever been lost in the woods me um yeah, yeah actually my so, father <laughs> so you kind of get the feeling <laughs> yeah it, it's totally crazy i mean like i remember during a boy scout trip you know i forgot where exactly we were i think it was on the border in nevada but anyways we you know instead of taking the long track home you know the same path they said just scale the side of this mountain and that didn't go well. <laughs> mm. So let's just say stick to the right path. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm all for the right path. I love the paved path. You know, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't want to be venturing off into the woods. Yeah. Know. I don't want to see like those like, you know, those metal spikes and then they got a hanging rope and it's just like hold on for dear life as you're scaling the side of the mountain. I don't want to be in a position where I'm less screwed <laughs> and I gotta start like thinking survival. How do I make a fire with no lighter or <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah. never been for me or millennials. Yeah. So like we kinda like it easy if I if my iPhone would 
would just do it alone, then you know, hey, we would be doing that. But <laughs> hey, it's got a lighter on here, you know. Yeah, this is so but does crazy. it really spark a flame? Remember yeah, that was it, like. I was going to say that it's like the first app everybody would be holding them up at concerts. Yeah. And lighter. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Eventually they're going to have like plug-in. You're going to have a plug-in lighter for your iPhone. Gosh, I it's wouldn't be surprised. Crazy. I mean, they're getting totally out of control. You can you can plug a guitar into your iPhone now and have all these kind of uh, guitar pedals and et cetera. It's insane. Like, it's crazy what is going on. And, and to think... This started in 2007. Yeah. 12 years ago. Yeah. 12 that, years ago. Yeah. Oh I, I think a lot of people don't realize that. And I think we like talked about it like two weeks on the show where, you know, the internet and the World Wide Web are one, two different things, which I had no idea of. I guess the internet was one thing. And then the World Wide Web is what basically started the, the stems or what started the tree of all these mm-hmm. forms of where you can put those page layouts, the HTMLs and all that kind of stuff and et cetera. And just to think that alone, how grateful we are and how we don't still know how it totally utilizes and how it works is pretty insane. <laughs> no, you know, it is. Do you, does anyone in this room ever seen Lo and Behold? Okay, good. No one's seen it. All right. I, no, I'm going to pull gonna... it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> no. It's a, it's a herds. Uh, I always say his name, last name wrong. Uh, Wurzog. Um, anyways, he's a very famous documentarian. Do you know where the internet was created? The internet? Um, Gosh, I, that's a good question. I, I I think I know it was born. It was born in like '86, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was a military had that intelligence before. I'm sure the military has had all this intelligence. They've had v, like they have all this stuff way before. I think they we had do. the internet, and then, but how did it come about? But for the public to get it, I'm I'm I mean I'm not trying to have the military bust around our doors here by <laughs> no. saying anything outrageous. But when it was started, it was started between a connection between UCLA and Stanford. Oh, okay. So kind of interesting in that, you know, you have that little California thing. But, I mean, to see where it grew and where it is now and where it is going to go is just baffling. Because we're going to basically create a second world by doing this. I think oh, we, we already have. Yeah, I, I mean, say, we already I have. But it's like it's, I mean, Bill Gates is making poop water in Africa <laughs> turn into clear water. It's pretty insane. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? I want to leave a proposition to you guys because I was thinking of uh, uh, maybe this could be a great reality show. You know, if we're going to play along with that, I think this could be a good one. We get a house maybe at UC Irvine. I think that'd be a great idea. Maybe one of the dorm rooms. You guys got big dorm rooms? Maybe This is the only way it's going to work, okay? It can't be a small dorm room. We put a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of cameras around the whole house, right? And we fill it with a bunch of Craigslist people. We just follow the lives of Craig's, and we get every category, okay? We get every kind of person. What do you guys think about that? Maybe we could throw in a sports person in there. Uh, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, it, it would be must-see TV. I would watch that. I, see? Like, yeah. <laughs> it'd be interesting to watch. I mean, you'd see all these different backgrounds. I, I'd be interesting to see because you'll have people who mesh and people who don't mesh, and that's all the, the concept of the reality show. That's We're going to form an alliance. So it, it's got Are kind of that MTV? element to yeah. it. Yeah. Hey. I mean, it's not, yeah. Raunchier than yeah. MTV, yeah. We'll, make it, we'll, than we'll make it even better, you know, and just get every category. I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. Or we can bring it back to LA. You know, we can go to, towards Cal State Los Angeles, or we can actually go to West LA because we need some of those hoarders. Yeah. <laughs> we need, we need one hoarder. We need one girl that just falls in love and a guy. You know, because that's just so romantic. You have to have it. You got to have the romance. Um, you got to have one troubled person, and I would think that's probably a mover or delivery guy. I don't know. They're always stubborn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then uh, I think you got the whole Brady bunch. I think this is a great. <laughs> it's a fabulous idea. <laughs> you got to do it in a place that's because you just don't know what you're going to get. You got to do it yeah. in like Tempe, Arizona, somewhere where you know, like he, the cost of living is very cheap. So you get an eclectic group, and of it people. doesn't seem pleasant when you step out. Think about the movie Waiting. There is so much stuff that goes on within a restaurant. It's like if you had cameras and all the drama and all the stuff, yeah. the work relationships, you got this, you got all these colorful characters and all these different personalities, people from all these different backgrounds meshing together. And when it gets busy and then all the stuff that's being said, like, what's up with this guy and you know, these guests? And yeah, it's just I- endless you know, material. Yeah, I just want all the funny occupations, even like the even the super raunchy ones where like, you know, men and women are like selling their body, you know, on Craigslist. You need one of those people in the house if you're going to do it. And with the hoarder and then we're gonna get the producer maybe kevin you might want to be oh, God. and we're gonna have to convince you to talk in their earpiece to make love romance oh, my God. <laughs> in a very cluttered oh, room because he is already... so what you want to do next yeah well... you place your hand is it bad that i just pictured that voice on the tv is it bad that kevin just does his little voiceover voice well that's like... the beauty about being a producer you'll never get your voice heard you know Dude. so he's you know, you got to just deliver it. <laughs> no, that that needs to be on the TV show where we have just one crazy person. We have Kevin talk to him. That's it. It'll be the voice inside his head. Yeah, I mean, Go. that's how it's fed. I mean, that's how uh, great reality shows get started, right? With the great producer. What we're talking about here, we're, we might be laughing and joking around, but you just don't know. Something might just stick. Yeah. And that's the beauty about today's generation and the technology. And now you got Gen Z coming up as well. I like the vibe of your show. You talk about what's good yeah. because there's so much negativity in this world. It's like, let's stop focusing on negativity. Let's focus on, okay, I may not disagree with you. It doesn't mean I I hate you. Right. Yeah. I just disagree with something that you said, but let's talk about what's good. So Life let's, is short. Let's talk about what's good. Sports Matters edition. Yeah. yeah, yeah let's like segue. This. We're, we're going to segue. Yeah, exactly. This. I know. <laughs> We're going to segue up because there's been some great NCAA talk. And Matt and I, yes, we're, we're kind of opening the yeah, show with that. We were talking about the lead eight. And I just asked him a question. What stands out about these four remaining teams I think the to fact, you? The, the thing that stands out to me the most is the fact that you have three non-traditional powers in the final four, which is the beauty of this tournament is because you get anything, you get these such random teams that beat, you know, these big power, like the, the upsets this year were not as fluent as last year where you had Loyola of Chicago and sister Jean go through all the way to the final four. Like you get those kind of stories and you get those kind of things. There's no big traditional power that is in the final four that people really root for. By the the closest thing to that is Michigan State, yeah. And I and I I don't think they're a traditional blue blood program. When you think of college basketball, who do you think of? You think of Duke, Duke Kentucky, you think yeah. of North Kentucky. Carolina. You, you think of you know, Coach K. You think yeah. of Coach K. You think of UCLA. Yeah. You think of all these traditional pa- and we don't have that. And now all the media are just reeling for something to try to hook people into paying attention to it. And let me tell you something: the basketball teams are left are defensive basketball teams. They're very, very, very good. good very. Three yeah. of them are really good at defense, and one of them is really good at shooting. So the thing that stands out to me, first I had to give a shout-out to my man, Scott Glenn. I know you're listening in because he's going to love hear, hearing this. And Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. St. Clair, I really appreciate you listening in this morning, if you're listening, yeah, if you got up. But they will be listening later when I repost this podcast. The one thing that stands out to me is the one-and-dones are out. 
Yeah. All these high power players like the Zion Williamson's, the R.J. Barrett's. Now, now Morant, you know, he was on Murray State. That was that was a, a tough. I think they won their first round game, but didn't make make it to the Sweet Sixteen. And the one and done model is done. Yeah. So it always has been. It's a flawed concept. I it, think it really you, is. How many national championships has Kentucky won? Does anyone know in this room? Well, they, the last they won it was 2012. It was 2012? Do you know who they had on the team? They had Anthony Davis. They had a stacked squad. Like, that's two really good Duke NBA won in 2015. Players. Yeah, but, but since it, then, those two programs have even made it to the Final Four in the last four years. But They haven't. Oh, wow. Yeah. But who was on that 2015 Duke team? I can't even remember. But it, it, was, wasn't, it wasn't any one-and-dones, I don't believe. It wasn't any one-and-dones. It was not It was not yeah, the traditional I, I think Duke. it wasn't an Okafor. Mm. Okafor, I mean, but, like, look ahead with his career in the NBA. Brandon Ingram was a year after that. Yeah. Well, that's what a lot of people are saying about Zion and uh, the, guy, the kids just uh, uh, you know, a freshman, like I think people are ho- holding him to such a high standard where people are afraid that this is going to f- affect his mentality moving forward. Because, I mean, look, I mean, what he got knocked out already. Yeah. Um, he, well, he made you know, it to I the lead eight. We're talking about a hundred million dollar shoe deal, which is just crazy and unheard I, of. I think you'll We're... like this take, Chris. Okay. okay. His buzz was created by social media. Oh, yeah. Most oh, yeah. have, and I feel like it's been like that for the past four or five years, right? I mean, uh, you know, because and and you know now the newest hype that's kind of taken away from Zion is uh, what, the uh, the guy from Kentucky, right? The coach just got a lifetime deal. Kyle I mean, Perry. yeah, I'm thinking that is so insane and how much effort and you got you got these poor college basketball so players check this that are out. Kentucky. Are so crazy. Coach K, <laughs> Coach K had said this. He says the NBA will be prepared because the one and done model's done. Yeah. So now. The NCAA is not. They're always behind the ball, it seems like. There's a North Carolina congressman, Mark Walter, introduced a piece of legislation that would allow college athletes profit off their names and popularity, like Zion with the social media. It's insane. And because this is a case of issue of civil rights. NCAA is not even talking to the feds. It's just kind of like you got left field saying one thing, right field saying another. Coach K just says they need a new model for the amateurism going forward. Like, there needs to be a new model for college basketball. Like, what can they do? I know. I've been saying that since this show started. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, honestly, I just think a lot of people – I don't think this is anything new. I think a lot of it's people not. have been complaining about this for a very, very long time. And uh, you you got always these famous, like, 30-30 takes on ESPN. They'll always, you know, talk about all these ex player you know nba players coming out explaining the whole process about how difficult it is for them just going through the whole college career because i mean you you can't tell me that there's somebody on duke that still loves zion that is very much upset that he's got a hundred million dollar deal backed behind him and everybody else is being looked at these these terrible martyrs while it was like oh zion had a perfect year but you know what ultimately in the end the whole team failed him no, you, Zion and the rest of the team felt them own selves. I mean, four out of the last eight games, they were, you know, it went down by like the last two to one point. So that doesn't seem like a kick butt to me. This seems like a lot, lot deeper than what it is. And, you know, and it, it's so unfortunate. I, I like what, what you guys bring to Sports Matters because a lot of the times what you're hearing on ESPN and FS1, all these people, they just kind of rag on to the same old thing, Zion, 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 when in reality is it's bigger than that. You got, you got right. RJ, you yeah. got Jones who stepped up Jones when he had a really terrible good. game and then he stepped but up like They're crazy. freshmen. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're freshmen. And that's what kind of Michigan State, played like a veteran team and they just edged him out in that close game yeah they found a way to win that game not to say duke probably could have found it. i mean they've won the last two really close games yeah. i mean geez if taco fall didn't foul out 
Yeah. But they strategically <laughs> fouled him out by going to his body, driving to the body, yeah. and forcing him to. I mean, that game, they got so lucky. They they did. So That's lucky. what I'm they saying. They got so lucky. And, and Duke, you know, if you got that lucky in a game and you're Duke, you need to have a team meeting and be like, we could be out of this tournament. We could be done. And they didn't have that. The next game, they almost lost to Virginia Tech, too. Yes. Yeah. And then the game after, you know, Michigan State, you make that free throw, R.J. Barrett. They just Ugh, didn't close. It was so disappointing. Game. Yeah, it, they just didn't close. It's a lot of pressure well. on these freshmen it because are. it's like you said, all the hype's built up in them, so it puts even more pressure on them. Yeah. I thought Zion played great. He's a beast. He's going to be mean, a beast in the what NBA. Was it? it was only him, uh, Anthony Davis, and I believe Kevin Durant are the only players to get 500 points, 50 blocks, and I think it was 50 assists. I could be Very totally good. wrong. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. And then I think yeah. they're uh, – and he's, the I think, the only player with like, to get player of the year and uh, MVP of the ACC. I mean, it's insane. I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy's a beast. You know, and I love his mentality of like, yo, I, I think I got one more year with Duke or maybe two, you know, and just keep going because he wants it that bad. I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and the NBA is always You know, Tom, be I, I was kind of arguing with Tom this morning. I was saying – all Zion's done. He's going to the NBA. He's number one overall yeah. pick. You just said he may come back. I think he's coming back. Wow. I don't know if You're he's the going. second person. <laughs> he's, yeah. uh... I think he's coming back. He wants it that badly. And trust me, you know why he wants it to come back? Because he's got a $100 million deal with the shoe company. He don't need an NBA contract just yet. But right now, at the current NCAA rules, you, you can't, can't get the $100 million, million until, you until, the until you go into the pros. So that's something that this legislation, that well, this he, uh, he congressman... Knows, he knows that it's sitting there. Yeah, he, yeah. Knows, he knows it's, it's waiting. waiting. in a vault. Yeah. They're waiting and for And trust him. me, Nike's already cro- like making up this big old plan. They're like they're freaking out over the weekend. It's true, just like when LeBron James bought his Hummer <laughs> in <laughs> yeah, high school right, before... Yeah. He he knew there was a $100 million shoe contract waiting for him, right. and he's going to be the number one overall pick. I think his mom bought him that car. She so did. His mom she did. was like, all right, I'll go into debt for a while, but you're paying me back. Like, you know, right. And you're going to give me a new house. You're doing all this. And- <laughs> but isn't that so funny? I mean, Nike's had a really big week, if you think about it. Everybody from Michael Avenatti, you know, now to the whole oh dealing gosh. with Zion. Yes. And it, it, it's totally out of control, man. And uh, I'm kind of curious to see what that all is all going to happen. I mean, do you guys have a... Uh, input on that or i'd like to hear your take on michael uh avenatti yeah i mean with me i just thought it was kind of i don't know i with me i just think there's a lot of weird stuff happening with that certain kind of gentleman because if people even remember too even with the jesse smollett's kind of case who was uh who was his lawyer at the time avenatti yeah all 16 charges got dropped the day before um, with the case that laid on to Michael Avenatti with the extortion towards Nike for $20 million. Now they're saying things like that he's up for 100 years in prison, which I just don't think is going to happen. But I just think there's a lot of fishy stuff, and um, it, it goes deeper than Avenatti. It goes deeper into our whole justice system, and I think it kind of can always segue back even into college sports with basketball. Like, what is going on? Why are all these, like, little loopholes and all this kind of stuff happening in the game? I mean, if someone's going to be able to sell your name on a on your T-shirt brand or, you know, on a team brand, I, I just think that they should deserve the it's fair It's still share. your name. It's yeah. You're selling name, your right? name. Yeah. And Made I think, your number. <laughs> you know, uh, if you look at it from a perspective of, of you know, the players, they get, uh, you know, a fair share of what should be theirs, right? Yeah. They should get a fair share of what should be theirs. But the NCAA, with everything that is going on, the FBI has had to step in and say, 
there is corruption in this game because college coaches are paying kids through the AAU system. Like they go through these basketball systems, they go to these high school and Nike and Adidas, they are guilty of doing this and they get assistant coaches to take money and give it to players to sign oh, yeah. shoe deals. This has been going on since Sonny Vaccaro, which was <laughs> literally like that was the 1980s. Yes. And then Shaq admits this right. in 1993 in his, his, his Blue Shoes. But I think that's what the movie was called, Blue Shoes. He okay. admitted to doing yeah. the Blue, Blue Chips. Blue Chips. <laughs> chips. That's what Blue it was. Chips. I, Blue Shoes. <laughs> Blue Chips movie. So it's like all this corruption is going on. And these players are the ones that are just trying to get theirs. And these coaches are getting reamed by media sources and by all these outlets. And they're just getting reamed right now. And treated Sean unfairly. Miller, Wade, uh, what's it? Will the, Wade. Uh, Will Wade. Is, yeah. and, and you, you, you think about the are... Will Wade situation. All he just says, I gave him a huge offer. Well, he didn't really say anything. Didn't he didn't really, say anything. He, he didn't really say like, anything, and it's just he gets suspended indefinitely. And I just he could yeah. give him a huge offer, but of NCAA like coupons. I take that to go to a school. For <laughs> sure. Even the USC in the mid two thousands with the Reggie Bush thing. Yeah, yeah these guys were given. I mean, now you got the agents are... in there. The agents are in there are corrupting it. It's yeah. like, how do you stop these vultures coming in to swoop up? Because they see multi million millions of dollars they can make. And you got like now players that are trying to get more involved with this too. I mean, you know, you got people like Russell Wilson who has started up a program trying to find these young cats at like fifteen to sixteen years old and trying to bring them in. You got Steph Curry that started his own little basketball league that he's trying to recruit these young cats to get, uh, to get into college and go straight into the NBA. So I feel like everybody's trying to do it right but then i think the bigger picture like you guys are saying too is it's just like merchandise selling off the name selling off the brand and i think i i I don't know i think it's been going on for way too long and i don't think really anybody has the real answer i mean we could always go back to 1980 but it's like gosh that was but action needs to be taken (laughs) because ncaa doesn't take action there's just no plan like they're not working together getting all the money but it it (laughs) kind of goes to your point that the ncaa is slow they're very slow because this has been going on. You only for get all the hype up during March Madness. I mean, like it's like with the coach. I mean, the lifetime deal. You you don't think there's so many players that are just pulling their hairs out right now yeah, thinking about that, and then they're just like, dude, all I want is maybe two or three percent. If you know, <laughs> it, it's crazy. Well, we also have to segue because we're talking a lot about shoe deals, and I think the <laughs> yeah, biggest right. piece of news that has came out. This year was that the big baller brand. Oh, is, hilarious! Yeah, hilarious was just he's creating this model, and then and, and they bring in some really good business people. Well, how good of business people are you bringing in, Lavar Ball? He backed the guy, uh, a convicted well, felon think, well, yeah. that embezzled one point five million dollars from them. He, yeah. And that from Lonzo's account. Yeah. He there's two people that control Lonzo's account. It's Lonzo. And you'd think his wife, because he just got married, but no, it's Lonzo and that guy who took $1.5 million out of his account. Yeah, I mean, and I think the bigger picture is it's like, one, it's not just LeVar Ball that knew he was a convicted felon. I think everybody in the whole family knew about that. And then I think, two, it's really, LeVar is the problem. I mean, like it, it got to a point where it's like, yo, look, it's like Lonzo's trying to do big things, and you got, you know, you're... Gosh, I would I would have words that are meant to be off the air, but I mean he's just acting so dumb, and it's it's, it's so unfortunate to just you know see Lonzo have to deal with this 
every single week, which ultimately led to the downfall of the big baller brand. I mean, it, it got to the point where he represented it on his, you know, on his bicep. I mean, that's some pretty, that's a big deal if you're going to tattoo it on yourself. And but I like the fact that Alonzo <laughs> yeah. realized what the biggest problem was, and he and he severed ties with yeah. it. And I think his his game's going to be a lot better. And he's, and, and he's going to have control because that, I think that was kind of hurting him a little bit. Yeah. I think once he gets healthy, I think now he could be like, I'm free. I he can really focus issue. on improving yep. himself as a as a great basketball player because, let's face it, he, he's the most talented out of the three brothers. I, I don't know about the youngest oh, yeah. one. The youngest one is He's 15, he don't have to, yeah. or whatever. He's 16, but we don't know what to believe. He, yeah, so exactly. The one problem with, with the youngest brother, LaMelo, is that – he got a shoe deal from the big baller brand, and that was generating profits. Now, oh, I don't yeah. know if he saw the profits, but if you look at his Instagram on his 16th birthday, he got a Lamborghini. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's <laughs> seeing some of those profits. Yeah, I'm feeling bad now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the whole structure for him to make the NBA has just been this plan can you know, created by LeVar Ball and conducted and managed and them going to Lithuania. And that's why it's basketball? funny that you said that. I was going to say, what do you, what are your guys' take on, uh, you know, American basketball players going into these European leagues? I mean, well, yeah. I think it's great for, you know, some professionals that maybe are not as good at or don't get any more uh, calls in the NBA yeah. for by an NBA team. So they go to China and play. And I, that's fine. I mean, you but you got people like Luka Dunnick who's came out saying, like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I mean, I think more uh, U.S. players need to go to the European League because you guys are too soft, and this whole step-back game for me is way well, too easy. Well, let's just <laughs> let's just look at the European game, and this is from a guy that I was talking to that played in Europe. Yeah. They whip batteries at you. So when Luka Dunnick Whip batteries? What does that mean? They throw batteries at you. They whip them with their hands. They oh, throw them from the stands. Okay, That was in Dang. Italy. It was in Italy, and it's just like it's a whole nother ball game going out there. I think to my number one question is: I think this is hilarious. I mean, why batteries out of all things? You get <laughs> small, and you can fit them in your pocket, and you can get through security. Really, even with the, with the metal detector and all that kind of stuff. They don't the, have the metal. Is, I don't know. I, I, I'm I don't just, know either. I've never that's, been to Europe. That's just right. That's from a, that's a story. Did from they learn it from the Cleveland there. Browns in the '80s when they threw batteries at the Denver players? Uh, really, that's, right, that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, savages, dude. It's a whole other world out there playing in Europe. But, but I think <laughs> that only backs up the Europeans. Like they got that scuffed up floor from all the batteries being thrown. Yeah, and, they do. Uh, but, but as far <laughs> as I mean, get to the style of the game, I mean, it's all about run, you know, shoot, passing. There's a, there's a lot more fluid going on where yeah. the Americans, there's some serious talent here. And there's right. a lot of that playground, you know, that backyard playground, the New York playgrounds. You got yeah. the Los Angeles playgrounds. There's just a different style of basketball. And they're supremely talented. But you, you see when the world competes, usually the U.S. is fairly dominant. But, yes, the world has caught up. Yeah. They I have mean, caught it's up. It's pretty insane with what the NBA is doing even with over in Africa. They're very global. You know, yeah, starting up global. their own uh, league over there. I mean, that's going to be pretty exciting for, you know, that continent. And uh, we'll see what, what happens, you know, and see if we can get some. Yeah, up. I mean, the world sports, you got soccer, you got tennis, basketball. Yeah. That's true. And then there was a big tennis match on last weekend, right? <laughs> yes, there was. Yep. <laughs> Old Fed's got Old his 101st. Yeah, I, I know, right? I'm just like, gosh, take it easy, He's the man. first male tennis player to have two uh, wins, ATP wins this year. That's insane. <laughs> 37 years old. And, you know, it was so funny. It was at the Australian Open. <laughs> When he uh, lost to CC Post, they're like, "Oh, is this passing of the torch?" And he, he's just like, "No." He goes, "I I didn't play my best game. 
CC Poss played his best game. I like, mean, this I, isn't a passing the torch. And then right, right after that, he, he's at three straight finals. Yeah. And he wins two of them. But I love the sportsmanship that's shown yeah. in tennis. I mean, yeah. those two guys are so classy. And you and I just love seeing the excitement from him getting a finalist award. You haven't seen that in a long time. Like, this is no, no. participation award. That's a big deal to get second place. I mean, come on. There's so many kids that have grown up like, like that gentleman alone that have dreamed to be on that kind of spotlight. And that's huge and, and the payday is huge and these ATP 1000s just to get to the finals you're you're guaranteed 650,000 and you know what weirdly enough this kind of brings me back to Duke you know and if <laughs> only if only the whole team had the same mindset like tennis players do where they're just grateful for where they're at in the same spotlight I understand that they're freshmen but you know a lot of the posts I mean they were the only team I saw over the whole weekend where I saw a bunch of sobs you know, they were crying. They were, you know, horrific. I mean, the only person that well, somewhat it, held it together emotional. was Zion. Yeah. You know, they're, they're very, his, it's very emotional. You know? It's a very emotional sport. It's, you know, slightly different from tennis, but. Um, I don't know, man. I think sports are sports. So yeah, sports are sports. Right? You're right. I mean, you're right. There's competition, yeah. but you're talking about a 37 year old that's, a, you know, a, yeah. a now pro. But when Federer first came, yeah. man, he was a real jerk. For a bit, they got smacked around by Agassi. Yeah, you know, that's first true. Year. That's true. And so then, you know, then he just kind of learned to to calm down and you know come to grips. But you're right, tennis players do hold themselves with class. But you think about the Lavar Lavar Ball situation. Yeah, right. Well, think about the Williams sisters' dad. I mean, at in the yeah, very beginning of their true. career, how heavily involved and and how that's that changed. True. And they had to sever ties with him. Like, okay, you're done. It's just unfortunate. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you really, you know, I hope the best for Lonzo Ball, but personally, as a Laker fan, I'd like to see Lonzo Ball go. And I've been saying it for three years. I'd like to see Brandon Ingram go. I think he's been with the team for way too long. And uh, I think what what happened over the the trades with uh, the f- the five person deal I think is the funniest thing of all times. I'm not even sure if that's even happened in the whole NBA history how the Lakers got outplayed like that with the whether they call it the, the Godfather deal for Anthony Davis. I mean that was pretty pathetic, you know. Yeah. And it, it, well, the thing <laughs> is that was that so, that wasn't acting in good faith. And and Dell Demps that's why he lost his job. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't acting oh, he, in good faith. Yeah. The, he was never going to make the deal. So it didn't he matter was, what the Lakers offered and also, yeah. honestly the Lakers probably offered one thing and how do we know exactly like how do we take his word that he's actually telling the truth about this when you know it made no sense for them to go out and try to get Anthony Davis and trade him now right yeah it made no sense for the Pelicans to do that and the Lakers just fell for the bait and they probably put one off oh they and, totally failed and they <laughs> they ran with it but they they stretched it out over this long process and it probably was a very short phone call from Magic Johnson it made the Lakers look worse but they the made world. a few mistakes too letting Julius Randle go they, they could easily assign him even for the same yeah. amount that New Orleans did it kept him because he would have paired his game paired so well with LeBron James. I thought it was Lopez was like the biggest thing. Like, what That's are you true. doing? Like when they got rid of him, I was like, I went bonkers. I was like, I like I keep well, saying, I'm like, That's Ingram fine needs to if, go. <laughs> if you're gonna keep Zubak. But the yes. fact that you you trade away Zubak, I mean, bad. <laughs> he's doing reason. really well for he the Clippers. Is. It's great. He's doing really I'm well. I'm loving what he's doing with the Clippers. Yeah, it's so cool. They trade they traded him for Mike Muscala, who's played I know. An average of five minutes a game. Like, <laughs> we're starting to run out of time here. I think he once again, Chris Collins. Yeah, oh, this is so great. Yeah. I'm so excited. And to ladies have and gentlemen, you can listen to his show live, ChrisCollinsShow.com, and you just click on to the. Once you get on the site, you can just click. And yeah, listen you click live. the live button, and we send you right. 
to it. It's yeah. great. And if you want to support the show, you can check us out on Patreon. And we got some more exciting things coming on in the future. Yeah, I'm learning from this man right here. And pretty soon, Matt and I, we'll, we're, we'll probably do some yeah, live shows in here. Do. You guys yeah. got plenty of room in here. Yeah, I don't we, see we, why yeah. not. We, we yeah. got to get the two cameras set up in here real quick. Maybe get some live stream going. Grill a pot for $40. You guys got set up and you guys are ready to go. <laughs> I won't have it unless it's on my good side. <laughs> I oh, have I really I good have sides, though. I you forgot, my friend. Let's get <laughs> what a great time. See, when you're having fun, the time goes by yeah, goes too by. fast. It it's does, like, why can't man. we have a two-hour show? I think that's the beauty of radio. <laughs> but, yeah, Sports Matters here. So you could go on KCI.org, click on Sports Matters. We're Tuesdays from 8 to 9, and you can go to SoundCloud. You go to TuneIn. We'll have the podcast on both those sites. So, once again, thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen.